And welcome back to the Football Fake Nuts Podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And I'm Sin. That's right. It's a three-man booth. Here we are. Season two, episode four? Five? Episode five. Four. Yeah, five. Yeah, no, because we yeah, did double we did last week. One, That's yeah. why. That's why I'm off kilter. Episode five. And we are back to talk about tight ends. I guess we'll talk about kickers and defenses, too. But first, Cinch is kind enough to join us and was kind enough to bring an interesting-looking can of liquid from a place that we were this uh, Sunday. Since tell us what you brought. Stout beer. Or roast. It was called roast, I think, yes. Roast. It's a coffee stout. Yeah, I drank it already, so. Yeah, you've already, yeah, he's already into it, but Craig Craig was not with us on Sunday, so Craig is going to have his first taste of the stuff. Craig, you know, t- tell us what you got. I'm going to open my beer while he does that. Oh, that's um, <laughs> that's really good. That's Wow. That's really good. That's major, that's, league, contri- that's major league contributions right there. And that's really gone. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to hand you a beer. But let me tell folks what I'm drinking first. I've got something from Foolproof Brewing. It's called The Grotto, and it has a lovely picture of a waterfall on it. So so while I'm getting Cinch another beer, Cinch, tell us about Kinsman Brewing. You and I were there on Sunday. We had a couple of drinks. We had some pizza. What was your impression of the place? I loved it. It was great. Good food, good beer, huge hall, great big fireplace. Yeah, it looks like a good place to be in the winter. Not a lot of TVs, though. I don't think it would be a good place to watch a game. Especially if there's no TVs. So, uh, yeah, we went there. It was good. We drank. We ate. Pizza was better than I thought it would be. I mean, you never know when you go into a place that starts off as a brewery and adds a pizza. That sound you hear, by the way, is Cinch opening a sip of sunshine by Lawson's Finest, um, which is one of my personal favorites, but he hasn't had a chance to try. While he's pouring that, I am going to try the grotto and give Excellent. these guys a second to catch up. Um, this roast coffee, it's like drinking iced coffee. <clears throat> it may be even more coffee flavored than uh, uh, Two Roads. Yeah, oh, yeah. The coffee. The coffee is very strong. Very strong. Ooh, this grotto is a very solid IPA. Excuse me. Single, but it's very solid. All right. Cinch is, is trying a sip of sunshine for the first time ever. So we have three different beers in the booth right now. This is awesome. What do you think? Oh, he's going back for a second sip before he comments. staring at the glass. What do you think? I'll drink it. Oh, really? He's not wowed. That is one of the hard beers to find. Well, People fight for that beer. In that beer's defense, he's drinking it out of the same glass he had the roast in. That might help it, though. You never know. Never know. Anyway, okay. So we all have different beers. I like the Grotto. Cinch is drinking the Sip of Sunshine, which is one of our personal favorites. And Craig is slowly sipping an iced coffee that's disguised as beer. So three different beers from three different breweries. Great way to start off our, our first ever three-headed podcast. So on to burning hot take questions. Oh, I, I also like Kinsman. I'm just going to say that out, out loud. Um, if you get a chance to go visit them, please do. We will definitely be going back. Um, we'll talk about Hopnot another time because we went to a place that was pretzely and it was nice. So... Burning hot take question. So, three men in the booth, one question each. Go for it. And let's start with our guest. Cinch, what have you got for us? Okay. So, my question is, the Patriots receivers, you got Edelman out for four weeks. Yeah. Jordan Matthews is gone. Yep. Cut. You've got Hogan, who gets hurt when the wind blows. That's true. Is it scary bad that Kenny Britt is the savior? Oh, my God. Is that really where we are in the depth chart? Well, he's like the, the starter, the outside starter, and Edelman's inside, and Hogan's on the other side. Kenny Britt hasn't caught anything but a cold since he was at Rutgers. Well, I, oh. well then you have Gronk, who's going to play four games, maybe, before he gets hurt. 
Well, as long as those four games are while the other guy's suspended, that should be fine. I mean, if he leaves when Edelman comes back, that'll be fine. We're going to get in tight ends in a minute. Um, Maybe Eric Decker, Decker is a savior. Hmm? Notice the silence. <laughs> I don't want Decker. Notice the Decker silence. is a savior to no one. This conversation happened already once today, and yes, um, I don't think Eric Decker. I'll take Kenny Bird over Eric Decker. That's how bad it is right there. I think I think this. The Patriots offense has always, be, always been innovative. You know, Rex Burkhead is not a star anywhere else in the league. So if they can find a way to bring, to bring him up, they'll find a way to use what they have for the, the weeks that they need until Edelman's back. Here's what I think you'll see. Yeah. I think they're going to have sets with two running backs, and then they're both going to go in opposite directions where you have four or five wide, and they're both going to be receivers. Interesting idea. I like it. I like it. So does Chris Hogan become a good fantasy play the first four weeks, in your opinion, or are they just going to cover the crap out of him? I don't think he's reliable. He could give you a game where he scores 140 yards and two or three touchdowns, Mm -hmm. but he could give you a game where he has one catch for 14 yards, too. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I don't love him. I've had him on my fantasy teams. I had him that year, not last year, but the year before. He had that really great opening week. He had like five catches for like 110 yards and a touchdown. I was like, oh my God, I've accidentally drafted the next star of the Patriots. And then it just all (laughs) went downhill. So Craig, it's to you. What's your burning hot take today? Uh, My question is really to you. There's uh, three of us. You've got to, you okay, to my you're left. looking at me. Okay. I'm looking at you. Yes. Um, I'd like to know what Jerry Jones thinks about Jerry Jones with Jerry Jones talking about Jerry Jones at a news conference about Jerry Jones. About about the fact that Jerry Jones can't talk, right? Talking Jerry Jones talking at right. a news conference where he says he can't talk. I, I put this on Twitter and there was a long Twitter rant about this at FignutsDFS. Here's what it comes down to. Jerry Jones doesn't listen to anybody but Jerry Jones. Okay, and that's not a joke on the fact that I love to say Jerry Jones's name because he loves self-promotion. That's just a simple fact. When they signed a deal with Pepsi, not a week later, he signed an exclusive deal for his stadium with Coke. He does not mind thumbing his nose at the league. So if Jerry Jones is sitting there and saying, I'm sorry, I can't talk. I'm sorry, he wouldn't say I. He'd say, I'm sorry, Jerry Jones can't talk about what's going on with the kneeling thing. It's because he's self-promoting. He is being quiet to draw attention to himself because at the end, that's all Jerry Jones cares about. Since what is your take on the whole Jerry Jones kneeling, self-promotion, quiet? Britt, why you got to pick on the guy? Hashtag Jerry Jones. <laughs> oh, he's Brit's fine. He's a word. great owner. Since he's been there, they've won Super Bowls. No, no, no. no. Jerry Jones has won Super Bowls. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, And then as soon as he said, wait a minute, I don't need a coach. I could do this. And that's something they haven't I, won. That's something I said, and they won one after that. Remember the very Switzer year? Well, that was the Switzer team. That yeah. wasn't the Jerry Jones. Well, that's it. It was a team that Jimmy Johnson put together. Barry Switzer took over, and as I've been on record before saying, a monkey could have led that team to a Super Bowl win because they were at that point on autopilot. All the pieces were in place. It all played together. No one was coming or going. They were a cohesive unit. Barry Switzer can win a Super Bowl. Anyone, any of us in this room could. So that's where I'm going with that. Um, but I just, even then, you know, Jerry uh, Jerry started to see somebody else get the the credit for his team's win. I'm doing air quotes. We need to get YouTube in here. But, um, and then all of a sudden what happens? Jimmy Johnson's out the door. It's not Jimmy Johnson's team. It's Jerry Jones's team presented by Jerry Jones, starring Jerry Jones with Jimmy Johnson. And when that Jimmy Johnson became bigger than Jerry Jones, he got cut, basically. So... Craig, what do you think of Jerry Jones? Um, all I know is I like hearing Britt talk about Jerry Jones, who talks about Jerry Jones Because I get red and animated. 
I get very animated when I, I talk about I wonder what Jerry Jones. Jones thinks of you talking about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones likely can't tell you what Jerry Jones thinks because he's under a gag order from the NFL. But if Jerry Jones listened to this podcast, Jerry Jones would probably tell you I'm dead wrong, have no idea about anything about him, and that he'll be releasing another statement um, where Jerry Jones explains Jerry Jones' thinking. You know, somewhere there's some guy named Jerry Jones listening to this that's just loving it. Yeah, seriously. He's like, my God, what did I do to deserve this? You guys are just so nice. So, okay, so there it is. Craig got his poking at me and got me to talk about Jerry Jones. Our asses are in the jackpot now. Craig is happy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. No one does. I don't think the ump who said it knows what it means, but that's beside the point. All right, my burning hot take question. We had a lot of injuries slash cut slash sign news today. Jordan Matthews got cut by the Patriots. Still hurt with his hamstring. Doug Baldwin is going to be out at least three weeks with a knee injury. Stefan Diggs signs a massive extension for $80 million with half the money guaranteed. Of those three guys and the news that happened today, I tell you, you have to draft one of them right now. Which one would you still gamble on? The guy with no team and a hamstring injury? The guy who's missing the entirety of camp? Or the guy who just got a fat payday and can sit there and watch Adam Thielen do all the work? Let's start with Cinch. I would draft Adam Thielen. Well, it's Stefan Diggs, but no, no, it's not. It's Adam Thielen. He's the better receiver on his team. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned him first, so that means it's okay for me to mention him. Okay, so so the answer is D. None of the above. <laughs> Craig, you can't use that answer because since um, just did. If so I had to pick. I would. You go love with... Doug Baldwin. No, I don't. <laughs> I would have to go with Diggs. All right, so you take the guy with the big fat contract. Yeah, we, because at least we... he's not broken. All right, so do we worry at all about Diggs this year? Do we work? I mean, new quarterback. He's got good competition. Dalvin Cook's going to be back. You know what you worry about? New offensive coordinator. Yeah. That's what you got to worry about because if the guy isn't as imaginative and creative, look what happened in Atlanta when yes. Shanahan left and their offense fell apart. So that's what you got to worry about. It's everybody in Minnesota. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm not worried so much about Dalvin Cook because he's coming back from the injury, but at the same time, he's malleable. He's young. He was learning the offense to begin with, so he's only got to forget half of what he knows about football. Yeah, but he's just like a quarterback. He doesn't like to get hit. No, he doesn't. No, who, who among us does? So If he's healthy. If he's healthy. Well, I, I haven't seen any of the reports about Dalvin Cook. Is he, is he in camp? You're a big Cook guy, Cinch. I drafted him his only year. Yes, that makes you a that big makes, Cook guy. Well, for four weeks, I was a big Cook guy, and then he got hurt, and I forgot all about him he so when did you year. pick him up in our draft do you remember what round it was was it early was it late well, there were, it was early because there was a, a rookie running back run yeah so maybe the second pick or third pick so but... he's not eligible for you as a keeper no cinch is in that same league we've talked about on the air before by no the way. i've got my keeper who are you keeping? I'm keeping Garoppolo. I picked him up after the season's over. He'll be my 16th pick. And he was not drafted because at that point he was the backup in New England. So he's technically going to cost you a 16. My God, you could keep him for like 10 years. So he costs you a 16. Adam's going to bump that to a 14, 12, No, it'll 10, be a 16. 16 this year? 16, 14, 12, 10, 8. You can have him for the next seven consecutive years without having to put him back into the pool. So... What? That's I like that. That's interesting. What do you think on that? What do that's you think? That's actually that's actually a really smart move. I think <clears throat> the 49ers are going to be Me much thinks better. Me so too. In a three man booth, Craig has been related to the Marty roll over here. Ball hit. Ball hit. Caught. Caught. So no, it's we're going to get Craig. It's a small booth. It's Sorry. a small booth, but it's very comfortable. You notice? You know, we normally have three people up here. It's just the cat's not up here today. We we kicked out the cat. We brought in Cinch. Uh, 
No, she's on her own time schedule. Yeah. The cat usually comes up here and sits and watches us like, what the hell are you doing? And she's not coming upstairs today. So, all right. Let's move on to the tight end rankings because I know. know who Jerry Jones is. Let's see what Jerry Jones thinks of our tight end rankings. So I have in front of me, well, I do in a minute. There it is. The consensus list of tight ends based on my picks, Craig's picks, and Cinch's picks. So these guys have not seen the consensus numbers yet. So they know who they voted for, but they don't know what the result of it was. So now I will tell you. They're like, yeah, we do. You're right. The top three are exactly who you think they are in the exact order you think they are. So we're going to start with the number one on our list, which is Rob Gronkowski. He's averaging over two fantasy points per target. That's not per catch, guys. That's per target. In a PPR, you know, getting one and a half points means you had a catch for five yards. That's not shocking. But points per target means that even when you drop the ball, you're making up for it on shots where you catch the ball. So, Sanch, you're the Patriot guy. He's missed games each of the last six seasons. And he has missed multiple games, meaning more than two, in four of the last six seasons. What are your thoughts on Gronk? Obviously the clear number one, but are you comfortable drafting him right off the bat? Yeah, I would. He's Brady's number one target. Last year, he missed a game for suspension one game. And he missed one game with, I think, a a concussion maybe. Okay. So he was there all the time. He's the guy. He's the number one. You could look it up. Well, my question is, and you would know this better than I do, and I just being lazy and don't feel like looking it up. There were a couple games where he started and came out, didn't he? Didn't he miss a couple of quarters here and there? No, not really. Because when I look it up and it says he started 14 games, he played 14 games, it means he appeared in 14 games. I mean, he could catch well, one ball. Well, he's going to start. Right. So he started 14 games. Right. I think what you might be thinking of, he left the Jacksonville AFC Championship game with a concussion. Okay. So he was out for most of that game. But that was the championship. That wouldn't be counted no, in the regular I, season stats. I know, right? but I, I'm saying that's what I right, think that might be, you might of. be remembering. I'm going to pull up and see. But his uh, injury history doesn't bother you? Well, really? it's not ideal, but... If you tell me I've got to have him or Delaney Walker, it's not a hard decision who you want. Hey, no name dropping. We're not there yet. Fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, Here, here's why I think Gronk is the number one tar- number one tight end. Yeah. He's the number one target on his team, a team that throws the ball all the time. And we just talked about a team that needs receivers right now. And, you know, who else? The other guys that you're going to name for the two, the three, the four, they're not the number one targets. I think the number two guy is probably the number three target on his team. In week 11, he only got targeted three times. Caught all three for 36. Did he? I feel like he left that game early. I couldn't tell you. What yeah, I'd have to look at 11. snap counts. And I'm not going to go that. What day. they've done with him right. to try and keep him healthy, he's like, in case of emergency, break glass. Right. You know, they'll, they'll throw to him when they have to. In the game against Pittsburgh where they needed him, it was like five plays in a row, throw it to him, touchdown, fourth quarter, now they take the lead. Let's talk about that game for a quick a quick second. That was week 15 at Pittsburgh. 13 targets, 9 catches. Not doing the math in my head, that's over 75%. 168 yards and no touchdowns, but 168 yards on 9 catches. Without a touchdown and a standard PPR, that's 25 points. I mean, even in the week I'm looking at, three for three for 36, he got you six points in a week in a week that they only threw at him three times. That's impressive. And he is good for, I'm just guessing, 10, 12 touchdowns a season. Oh, I don't know. Let's see what he had last year. Hold on. I've got it up. Oh, no. Tablet. Why? Craig, come back. I don't, 
Eight, yeah, sorry, eight touchdowns last move. year. Eight touchdowns in 14 games. <laughs> I know we're talking about Patriots, but don't leave. Yeah. I know. Craig, so, see, sit the problem, down. The problem is we're in a very small space. Yeah. So my mic, I have to mute it when everyone else I is talking. So, no, that's not good. Okay. Let's do a whole podcast whispering. This is the whispering. That's That'd be like NPR. Po- there probably is a podcast like that other than NPR. Well, I mean, but essentially it'd be NPR. Now we have to do is talk about like Wake, Lake Winnebago and we're fine. I mean, there, there's nothing better than when someone gets really angry whispering. Yes. I told you not to do that. God damn it. What's wrong with you? All right. Anyway, get myself off track. So, so even with injury concerns, all three of us are sitting here and saying, Gronk is the the easy number one. There's no question about that. There's just there's just nobody else. So number two, also the consensus number two among all three of us ranked this person number two is Travis Kelsey. He saw a significant increase in red zone targets last year, but that could change with the change of quarterback. What really interest, interested me last year was, and I just heard this stat on the way over here, he led all receivers in yards after catch. I'm sorry, all tight ends. I shouldn't say all receivers. All tight ends, including Gronk, by over 100 yards last year. That is shocking to me. That I mean, because you think the tight end catches the ball and falls forward in most cases because they're just using the dump it off. Um, well, at least that's how they use Charles Clay, and that's why he has nine catches for 12 yards every week. But to hear that Kelsey is actually running up the field is very encouraging to me. I really, I, as a Chief fan, have a lot of faith in Kelsey. What do you guys think about Kelsey this year? He has a lot of potential, but, I mean, you're not worried about the quarterback change at all? I'm worried about it, but I'm not worried about it for Kelsey, no. New offensive coordinator, too. Not worried about it. Not no worried about it. No concern for you. Isn't Eric Bieniemy? It is. Yeah, it's our Next running backs bangle. coach. But that's the thing. We brought this guy spent a year under um why am I drawing a blank on his name? Not Matt Nagy. It is Matt Nagy, isn't it? No. The Bears yes. head coach. Matt yes, Matt Nagy, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. For some reason the Bears head coach, Matt Nagy, and the Lions head coach who came from the Patriots get confused Matt in my Patricia. head. Yes. Because they're both Matt's and they're both in the NFC North now, and that's where I get confused. Because Biennemi worked underneath Nagy, I have confidence that the system is going to change that much. If the system changes that much, it's going to change that much in that they have a much healthier backfield this year. They're going to rely more on the backfield, but that's not going to cut into Kelsey. That's going to cut into Tyreek Hill. That's going to cut into Sammy Watkins. I'm not that worried about it there, but that's just me. I'm just excited there's a Bengals on your team no. as a coach. Who's it? Oh, what? The enemy? Yeah. Is, can he in, can he go on the injury list while he's a coach? Is that possible? Can he play uh, tight end? I'm sure he, he still might. can in some, at least for a couple downs. So, all right. The third person we all agree on is the third person, and that's Zach Ertz. Now, the real question is, can Ertz sustain? Because he has, I'm looking at my stuff, has never been over 900 yards. 2017 was actually his second best year in yardage and catches. His targets were way up. His red zone targets were way up. Um, I'm looking at it. His red zone targets were up to 18. 18 times last year, the Eagles looked to him inside the 20 to catch the ball. He still only caught eight. He only caught eight touchdowns. So he's still catching less than 50% inside that realm. Do we really think Ertz is going to go beyond his career best this year and into the 900 ranges? No, he's probably going to stay the same. Especially, I mean, he's still probably the third tight end. But as we'll get into it uh, shortly. There's a really big drop off. There's a cliff we just after, drive off after three. Right. I mean, you could argue the cliffs after two. <laughs> no, Britt say... made the top ten. <laughs> yes. I forgot the number of these when I sent them out today, so it, it looked like Gronk was number two and number one was just blank, and Sinch's reaction was Britt is number one. No. 
No, I just forgot to number them. I did uh, number them after you wrote it, though. So. Yeah, well, so with Wentz coming back, I think he has a pretty good... Ch- everyone's pretty much the same with the Eagles. As okay. I predicted, they won the Super Bowl, so I think they'll... Uh, Never going to let that die. No, I'm not. Do, do you have a pick this year? Are you willing to... Not yet. I will when the Not yet. You have to do your starts. research, and by research, you mean pick a name out of a hat? No, it's more of a gut feeling. The gut feeling. Okay. His gut feeling is it won't be the Steelers and it won't be the Patriots, but anybody else, he won't care. Exactly. I, I don't know. My gut feeling is he needs another beer. Where's your coffee stout? God, you need a beer? Sure. Okay, what do you want? Do you want the grotto? Surprise me. Whatever okay. you reach into the well, bag. While I, to- while I get a beer for our friend uh, Craig, our number four is Greg Olson. And Greg Olson is our number four because Cinch actually rated him higher than both Craig and I. Coming back from an injury short in 2017, but in the five years prior was no worse than tight end seven in any of those years, 2012 through 2016. Cinch, why do you think he is the number four tight end? Someone had to be the number four tight end. <laughs> there, there goes to that cliff thing again, right? Well, it's a cliff. It is. If Olsen is healthy... I think he's clearly the fourth best tight end. Okay. There's not a lot more. <laughs> Do we think he's healthy? I mean, the reports seem to be well, all good. You know, he is now. I mean, the reports were good about Andrew Luck, too. By the way, you'll be happy to know Craig Andrew Luck is throwing in camp, and they're they're excited about his connection with T.Y. Hilton already. I don't already. believe it. He, too, does to not see. like to get hit. Yes. I need to see him play. <clears throat> I need to see him play. Okay. Well, then one of us will draft Luck in like the eighth or ninth round this year and laugh as we beat you with him. So, okay. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I think, again, he was his production in Carolina was very consistent. It was very positive. It's just a matter of um, of whether or not uh, he can he can keep the momentum going. I, I think if you just erase last year and you look at his career, he's the fourth best. Now, you know, the drop-off from him to the next guy... There isn't much of a drop off. The next guy, well, but the, ah, the next guy on your list. But how do you know the next guy on your list is the next guy on our list? I'm willing to guess the next <laughs> ten <laughs> next guys. There's not much of a drop. So it doesn't make a difference what the order nah, is. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> These guys are all standing together. So it doesn't worry you that Greg Olson's a panther. That worries me that everyone's a panther. <laughs> well, Wait, let's look at this way. Is that how he refers to himself? I'm much. a panther. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Greg Olson, and I'm a panther. Hi, Greg. But again, you know, Cam Newton is not known for throwing. But Olson was successful there in the years leading up to his injury. So, yes, while Cam is not known for throwing to everybody else, he... True, but they do have a receiving running back now. You don't think that's, that's going to cut into it? Well, okay, so I'll counter that. But their best wide receiver is now gone to Buffalo. And by best, I mean... What's his face? Who wasn't very good? So Devin Funches is now their best wide out. I mean, I think that makes them lean on Olsen more. Devin right. Funches is not a number one, folks. I'm sorry, it's not. He could be. I mean, he has potential. Potential. So do I. I'm not going to be a so number one think, for Carolina. You don't either. think a number two receiver can become a number one receiver? You, I want you to get Alvin Harper on the phone right now and ask him about going from being the number two in Dallas on a Super Bowl winning team to being the number one in Tampa Bay. I'll wait. Go ahead. Call him up. I guarantee you, he answers because he's got nothing else going on. <laughs> He is not he is not hanging out with Michael Irvin at the Hall of Fame weekend. I assure you of that. A lot of guys think they can go from two to one. It doesn't always happen. And I don't see Devin Funches as a number one. I just don't. He's no Kenny Britt. He is no Kenny Britt. Thank no God. Relation. Thank God. Yeah, no relation to me and Kenny Britt. So which reminds me of the time. Really quick, we went to a Yukon game and Yukon had a cornerback with our friend Sean's exact name. But we used to sit with our back to the scoreboard, so you couldn't see introductions. I used to turn around because I like to try to put names with faces. And this guy comes out and pronounces his name. And Sean looks at me and goes, 
oh my God, that guy has the same name as me. I wonder if we're related. Well, he was from a different race and from a different country. He was an international student of a completely different racial background. I just looked at Sean and went, I don't think you guys are related. Just based on the fact that that guy's from Toronto and your family's from Portugal. So I'm just saying. Anyway. Really? He's, he's Portuguese? Yes, mostly. Wow. Well, yes. Speaking of that, hi, Deb. Yes, hi, Deb. We I wave my screen like she's looking at We don't have to say hi to Cinch because he's here. <laughs> hi, Deb. <laughs> there you go. And now Deb is like, who the hell yeah, just who, said hi to me? Who, who is Who's this guy? Okay, so that was Craig Olson. Our number five uh, is I'm going to throw to Craig because Craig rated him at number four. He was the person that went high on this guy, and that's Evan Engram. He had 115 targets last year because Odell was hurt. 115 times Eli Manning said either by design or out of pure panic, I'm throwing at Evan Engram. And he <laughs> caught less than 50% of his passes attempts. Like... It's not like 68 catches on 115 attempts. No, actually, that is about 55%. I got to look up and see what it was. Oh, no, sorry, 64. 64 receptions. So 56% re- uh, reception rate. See, I just got to look at my notes. But is that production going to hang around with Odell gone? Craig, you're the one who's well, ranking him up at four. Why is he so high on your list? Well, <clears throat> Odell's back, and now they have Barkley. So I think they're going to be a much more functional offense, uh, which will get him more involved and be involved in plays that are designed for him, not just, oh, my God, I'm going to get sacked kind of throws. Blow the whistle. <laughs> exactly. Blow the whistle. I agree. I strongly disagree. All right, but let's, I'd like to hear this. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. I'm not big on Evan Ingram because I do think a lot of his production last year was related to Beckham not being there. Beckham's back. I don't know that he's going to have the same kind of opportunities. You know, Beckham was gone. The other receiver was gone. I think the offensive line left at halftime. Pretty much everyone was gone. Their offensive line has been vastly overhauled, and they drafted Saquon Barkley. Yeah, let's ask Charlie Weiss. Yeah. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, I mean, there's there's a lot of change around the Giants. I mean, Brandon Marshall is now gone. Sterling Shepard's healthy again. What Was Brandon Marshall there? Yes. No, no, I mean, really, though, was he there? Physically, yes. Spiritually, probably not. And he may not be physically yep. or spiritually in Seattle very long either. How many games was he on the Giants last year? All 16. No, well, I know they didn't cut him. I'm saying he was there three weeks and then hurt for the whole season. Oh, no. Brandon Marshall, I think, was healthy all last year. Was no. he Was he hurt? Yes. Yeah, he got hurt. Oh, okay. Well, that shows what I know about the Giants. That's why I told, That's why I throw Evan Ingram to you. I don't know jack about the Giants. I don't pay attention to the Giants. The next guy on our list is my number four, so we're going to start with me on that, and that's Delaney Walker, who Cinch invoked earlier. Yeah, he, oh, <laughs> Cinch is holding his nose, but... He caught 67% of all targets last year. That is better than either of the guys ahead of him on the list by you guys. The issue is he's 33. He's old. Team's he on? He's a Tennessee Titan. Mariota is back after a year back under the center. The Titan offense looks like it's going to be a little bit better. Looks like is an important word. We don't know what's going on in the backfield, but they, the backfield has better depth. I mean, they got rid of... Um, was it DeMarco Murray? They got rid of Murray and added Deion Lewis, and that's a big plus. I just don't know if Derrick Henry's going to carry the load or Lewis is going to carry the load. I'm hearing mixed things there. But either way, Delaney Walker is relatively consistent. I've got him at number four, so tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Why am I wrong? Because. <laughs> because of because. reasons. Because he's 33. He's on an offense that <laughs> Mariota is terrible. I, he's going to have to Ooh. do it for two seasons. I think he's going to be better this year. 
Well, I mean, he left a lot of room to get better from. Yeah, that's true. So you have no faith in Mariota? I have or no Tennessee faith. Or Tennessee in general. Or is it you know him? who he's better than? Winston. Winston's even worse. And Winston's not right. even playing a full season, which is why I'm not on the Mike Evans train. So I think Mike Evans should be under a train. No, you're driving the Joe Mixon train. I am driving the Joe Mixon train. Get on board. The other day, somebody put up a Twitter poll. Joe Mixon or Leonard Fournette, pick one. And I went, Joe Mixon. And, of course, when you vote in a Twitter poll, it immediately shows you the current results. And it was like 89 to 11% in favor of Leonard Fournette. And I just posted a picture. I just put I, The comment was, get on the Joe Mixon train. And I just posted a picture of a train just racing down the tracks. Gotta. Gotta get on the train. All right. So I, I think Delaney Walker is the fourth best. But, again, I don't think there's a lot of separation between guys like Olsen, Engram, and Walker. I think, you know, we've driven off that first cliff. And now we're into, I don't know where the second cliff is. We'll catch it when we get there but the next guy down our number seven is jimmy graham cinch has him highest at fifth overall <laughs> and i hate him too <laughs> and the only note the only note before i throw this to cinch i put i put copious notes on this notebook for the guys i want to discuss the only note i have next to jimmy Graham is can any tight end be successful in green bay yes <laughs> well since you're the one who ranked him up he's not the there, best color man in the booth for nothing. that's it folks take it over marty i'm in the back so, so why do you put right. Jimmy Graham at five? So here's the reason. He's in Green Bay. Yeah. No, that was it. That's the only reason. <laughs> but they've never it. used the tight end but, effectively. But they have a passing quarterback now. Yes. That he does now. They've always had. Yes. And that's why. Okay. Jimmy Graham will usually drop the first pass to him in the end zone, and then the next one he'll catch. So is this because Jimmy Graham is a better talent than the other tight ends they've had? They've never had a tight end of that caliber? I mean, the f- sharp, maybe. Well, but I mean, that was that was ages ago. Yeah. I'm talking about like Bubba well, here's Franks. Here's the thing. Jimmy Graham was amazing in New Orleans. Yes. And, and now he went, he stupidly went to Seattle where Russell Wilson does not throw the ball. Russell nope. Wilson runs first. Yep. He became a blocking tight end. Yep. So now he's going to onto a team that passes. So he has a lot but of potential. Doesn't historically pass to the tight end. Does that matter? No, because I don't think they have, they haven't had a tight end there of that caliber in a long time. You're saying Bubba Franks isn't as good as Jimmy Graham? All right, I agree. Jared Cook. Jared Cook. Was he there too? Oh, my he was God. There. That's right. He you know was. what? Jimmy Graham isn't great. I don't want to draft him. No, that's it. I'm done. Okay, but if... All right, so let's presume everybody on the list ahead of him is gone. Like, even Delaney Walker is gone. Jimmy Graham, if he... You know, you're desperate for a tight end, he'll do? Yeah, if we're in round... Eh. 15, 13. Because, because when, I hear, when you hear the next two names on our list, I'm pretty sure you're gonna Jimmy Graham's going to look pretty good. So let's go on to number eight. And this is a person that Craig had ranked a little higher, um, but none of us ranked really high, to be honest with you. And that is Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph averaged 20 red zone targets over the last two seasons. He had 21 last year and 19 the year before. It doesn't average of 20. See, I can do math. But the yardage total isn't there. He's tight end dependent. And I don't know that he can get the volume now with all the wide receivers around him. So has anyone got any faith in Kyle Rudolph? Or do we just plunge off the second cliff with Jimmy Graham? I think Jimmy Graham is the second cliff. I would like to throw Jimmy Graham off a cliff. (laughs) There it is. There is the title of the episode. Cinch throws Jimmy Graham off a cliff. All right. There it is. I only mean that literally. Only... (laughs) There's the other part of it. There's the other part of it. Well, I'm going to say this. Okay, so when I when I did the consensus rankings, I took our rankings and I gave 10 points to first place and I did nine points per second declining. Jimmy Graham had 15 points between the three of us. 
The next person down is Kyle Rudolph with seven. So that's how big so of a gap we have for that spot. So here's a question for the two of you. When do you start drafting a tight end? Or after the first oh. or after the first three, do you just be like, whatever, I don't care? I'm gonna let Cinch answer that first. Yes. <laughs> well, after the first three, who cares? They're all the same. Yeah. So fair. So, so fair. Gronk for is me, on the board. What round do you start looking at Gronk? So you're so let's let's play this out. You're keeping Jimmy G, so your quarterback's in place. Round I, one. I won't draft him because it would be probably round five or six, and by then he would be gone. So if he's sitting there around four, let's say you have two running backs and a wide out, and you've got Jimmy G already in place, and your pick comes up, you wouldn't consider going tight end at that point if Gronk was staring you in the face. Two running backs already in the hole, wide it, out already It would there. depend who, else is who the best receiver left would be. because Why Hilton? You knock him. Hey, the reports are if, good. If Luck is healthy, if. he'll get lots and lots of points. Look, this even when true. Luck wasn't healthy, T.Y. Hilton was I mean, a good well, receiver. that's true. I mean, someone has to catch the ball in, in the you got to stop hating on T.Y. Does, does someone have to catch the ball in Indianapolis? Do they? Because they sure didn't last year. That's true. The ball bounced around on the ground after most pass <laughs> attempts in, in Indianapolis last year, so I don't buy it. Somebody has to. Stop argument. hating on Jacoby Brissett. Yes. I'll tell you what has to happen. I need to open another beer because this is a very interesting discussion. Oh, man, really? Oh, is it That stuck? was a great segue. Did and now I'm... Broke... Oh, come on. There it is. You nope, need help? Maybe. Yes, I need help. Somebody help me. <laughs> Daddy. Please Daddy stand Sage. by. Just do it next to the mic so people know I'm actually having a beer. There we go. Normally, I have no problem opening beer cans, but today, I'm... today when I do the setup, I'm inept. Well, it's just tight end talk. I mean, huh? Yeah. All right, so moving on. So we have Kyle Rudolph at eight. Did we, we talked about Kyle Rudolph, yes. Number nine, I refuse to give. I, I'm, I put my name next to it to talk about it, and that's only because I want to bury this guy with my words. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's only played six games last season. He was literally questionable from the day he was born. And every week it was game time decision, game time decision. And he still paid, played in six games. He has never played in more than 14 games in the last five years. And that only happened once. If you are not healthy, I don't want you on my team. And last year, Jordan Reed, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. I bought the conversation that you were healthy. You weren't healthy walking in the camp. You weren't healthy walking out of week 17. Jordan Reed somehow ends up as our number nine tight end. Somebody explain to me how this happens. Um, just like since <clears throat> said before, it's it doesn't matter who you draft after the first three tight ends. <laughs> I didn't put him in my top ten. No, you're the only one who didn't. You're the only one who didn't. I put so, him at number nine. You did after all did. that. You put him after at number all nine? that. I put him at number. Nine. That's how bad tight end is. That is. Uh, you but you know get what? On the, you don't want to get on the Efer train too. Uh, no, no. I don't want anyone named Tyler at tight end. I don't. They're bad. Or a bengal. Or a bengal. They're bengals. We're all named Tyler. All the ty- it's, like a, it's like a requirement. Which brings us to number 10, Tyler Eifert. You know why Tyler Eifert's number 10? Because Craig ranked him at 7. So, Craig, I'm going to shut up and drink a beer, and you're going to explain to us the goal of how both Cinch and I left him out of the top 10, but you put a guy who hasn't caught a pass in a year and a half and shows up for camp injured every single year is the number 7 tight end. Now, in my defense, when I sent you that ratings, I put... This I, morning. This it's morning, not like they're old. And that was at, like, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning. I said that Tyler Efer and Tyler Croft are the same person. That's right. Were One you of combining them, both of them? Yes, I was. <laughs> One of them has to catch the ball. So right now, 
Efert's going to start if he's not broken, and if not, Croft will start. And either way, you're getting pretty much the same. The same. So, here my Be- response. Only because only because Efert is injured. If Efert wasn't injured or have a history of injury, Efert's he would be ranked injured. like in the top five. Always injured, and no, he wouldn't. How many games did he start last year? I don't even want to look. Uh, probably two. Yeah, he played in six, but I mean that's counting Waterboy duty. <laughs> I dare you to go into our draft this year. And then late rounds, when you're looking for your backup tight end, walk up to the board and say, I'm drafting Tyler from the Bengals because Croft and Efert are interchangeable and see what happens. I'll, I'll give I'll them do that. that. You want those two? You could have them. Add, add an extra roster spot. I'm okay with I just I, done. I want you to rip the two little stickers in half and just put Tyler and Tyler next to each other on the spot. All right. I'll do that. And wait for someone to flip out. Who's, who's the flip at, out at, there? You guys really, know this league. But really, at that at that time, I, really I don't, don't think, think anyone's going to care. No one's going to care. No one's going to care. Right. Other than your brother might care because he won't know how to type it. Yes. Because <laughs> he'll be like, how do I put that in the rosters? I don't know how to put it in the rosters. We're going to have, we're hopefully going to have him in the booth, by the way, this month to talk about for folks who want to start up leagues. He's been our commissioner now for 20 years. Thanks for making me feel old. Feel old? Singe told him his hair was going gray on Sunday. He was like, man. Yeah, poor Adam. <laughs> poor Adam. Yeah, that kids will do that to you. So anyway, all right. So Tyler Efert is number 10 on our list because it's bad. Instead just shaking his head and drinking his beer. I'll put the bet down right now. Dwayne Allen is the backup tight end on the Patriots. Okay. He'll put up better numbers by the end of the season than both Tylers. Combined? Combined. Wow. And Dwayne Allen stinks. Wow. You know what the worst part is? I don't really think that's a hot take. I can see that happening. <laughs> I kind of am on board with Cinch on this. Sorry, Craig. No, it's, it's fine. I'm Somewhere Jesse it. James is like, come on. I'm used to it. <laughs> Number 11 is not Jesse James, but it's Trey Burton. And Trey Burton is a Cinch guy, so I'm going to throw it to Cinch. You put Trey Burton on this list, so talk to me. He's in Chicago, and okay. the quarterback, Trubisky, is going to be running around saying, blow the whistle. Yep. So one of the guys closest to him will be his tight end, and someone had to be number 11, and there you go. So what I'm hearing is Trey Burton is the 2018 Evan Ingram. <laughs> no, no. Ingram was better than that last year. Right. I mean, but like in terms of like accidental targets. Well, that's because, you know, Eli Manning is throwing the ball anywhere. Offensive linemen were accidental yes. targets. Yeah, that's true. Like Jumbo Elliott. Yeah, that's he. Okay. Jumbo hasn't played for years. He was in the stands. Yes. He was an accidental target. <laughs> See? All right. So moving on from that, number 12 on our list is Charles Clay. Um, as the guru John Hansen likes to call him once a month, Chuck. He's a great best ball pick because four times a year, he's going to post double digits. Good luck figuring out when those days are because the other days he's going to post one or two. Um, I had him as my number 10. I like Charles Clay. He's too inconsistent. He's a great DFS pick if you can figure out when to use him. I, I don't know what else there's to say about Charles Clay. Buffalo is a tire fire. I mean, it is. So here's a question for you. Yeah. Who would you say are your top two best ball tight ends? Oh, easily Gronk and Kelsey. I mean, they're still the top two. All right. Pick one of those and then someone else. One of those and somebody else. All right. So Tyler you want... <laughs> so, you, so you want one guy that's consistent and one guy that's going to be yeah. like, okay. Right. So obviously the home room is going to go Kelsey, not because Gronk is great, but because I we all know Gronk is likely to miss games. It's never a question of if Gronk misses games. It's always a question of how many. So for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to go probably Kelsey and Jimmy Graham myself, because if Jimmy Graham does work out in Green Bay, 
he could be potentially great. Since what do you think? I would take Greg Olson and so, Gronk. Gronk and Olson. Craig? Mike uh, and Mike. Uh, no, no, I'd probably go. I would probably go Graham and Ertz. I thought maybe you were saying Mike Jacecki out of Miami. <laughs> That's his, his reach. So I think he's going to be good this year, too. I just don't have any faith in Miami. It's Ryan Tannehill. How much longer can Ryan Tannehill be the future? He's uh, 73. Ryan Tannehill experiment is over. <sighs> well said. There are backups I'll take over Ryan Tannehill at this point. I really, I mean, seriously, seriously. All right, anyway, um, so we're, we're on Charles Clay. So let, rounding out our list at number 13 is Jack Doyle. Which one of you actually put Jack Doyle on this list? Cinch did. Cinch, talk to me about Jack Doyle. If luck is healthy and playing. That's a big if. Well, we're not talking the number four tight end here. <laughs> if luck is healthy and playing, he'll score points. We're not worried. Didn't they sign another tight end this offseason? Uh, whatever. But it's not. Doesn't you matter. think Doyle will be the t- if they If they run a two tight end set, it'll be a blocker in Doyle. He's a receiving tight end. The guru was big last year on Jack Doyle, mainly because he had a name that sounded made him sound like he was a private investigator. So he used to say, you know, you got a problem called Jack Doyle. But um, I, I agree. If, if Doyle can, if luck is healthy and the receiving core isn't what he wants to be, Doyle's going to be the target. So I agree with there. All right, so those are our top 13 tight ends. So we all agree Gronk and Kelsey are 1-2. Are we willing to put Zach Ertz in that top flight as well, or is that where the drop-off happens after Kelsey? I think the drop-off happens after Ertz. After Ertz? I agree. All right, so the top three is the first cliff, and then we talked about the second cliff being around Jimmy Graham at five, and then after that, pretty much everybody else is kind of like, you hope they work out. After that, after I would say probably Graham, it doesn't matter. So if you don't grab from one of those five long, guys from a season long perspective, right. if you don't grab one of those five guys in your draft, wait and take a flyer. Look at Mike Jacecki. I mean, why not? I mean, you're probably going to end up looking to the waiver wire for somebody who emerges that we're not even Greg talking Kittle, about. Greg Kittle, man. What's well, that? Greg Kittle. Uh, George Kittle. George Kittle. George Kittle's on my list personally, but I did not rank him in the top 10 just because I don't know what to make of Jimmy Garoppolo personally. I know you're keeping him. I know you're excited about him, Cinch. I'm not sold on it yet, but yes, I, I've heard a lot of people talk positively about Kittle. Jimmy Jesus. Jimmy Jesus. <laughs> the savior of San Francisco. The savior. Bless you, my son. Dates porn stars. He's reforming them. So hey, Whatever works, man. So we are actually over time already, so let's talk about kickers and defenses really quickly. Okay, that's done then. Um, kickers are expendable. There is no kicker that I look at and say, I have to get that guy. All right. But here's the thing for you though. Cause we yeah. were, Cinch and I were talking about this before you got here. Sure. If when you, when it's time for you to draft a kicker, uh, yes, our league uses kickers. Do you prefer a kicker that kicks indoors most of the time? It, it, if they're deep? decent? Yes. But I mean, their quality matters. I'll take a better outdoor kicker over a, a poor indoor kicker any day of the week. All right. That's fair. You know, but are you telling me Will Lutz doesn't get a boost up over somebody like Matt Bryant? Well, they're both indoor. Um, looking over like Harrison Butler. Harrison Butler, the, the Chiefs are going to score points. The Chiefs, I, I, even with the changes there, they're going to score points. The problem is they're going to lose a lot of games, fifty-six to forty-two. But like the Mets. Oh, don't even talk about the Mets. The Mets can't score forty-two. Come on. I I maintain that the only reason they didn't fire their manager today is because they had a day game and they didn't want really? to have to worry about should, somebody else. Should doing the Mets it. have a have a mercy rule put into their That's game? That's my clause. boss asked today. My boss isn't is is big into little league right now because of her kids, and she said to me, "They don't have a mercy rule. They let that keep going." I'm like, "Yes, there's no such thing." But I I mean, if you're Look at the high-scoring teams. The, the high-scoring teams, the teams that are going to be good offensively are the teams that look for a kicker. Uh, Steven Goskowski is number one on my list. So, 
when you look at a kicker, are you looking at teams that are just going to score, you think that are going to score touchdowns, or teams that are kind of not that good who they're going to kick more field goals? Points. I'm looking at teams that put points on the board. Because if they're putting points on the board, and except in two-point conversion situations, they are scoring points, the kickers. So I'm looking at so high-scoring okay offenses. okay with PATs over field goals. Yes, because a team that is so bad they're only going to kick one field goal and get me three or four points with distance bonuses is not as useful to me as a guy who's going to kick five extra points for a team that scores 35 points on five-five downs. Fair. Do you feel the same way? Cinch. When are you going to draft a kicker? As late as humanly possible. Like okay. Last or second to last round. So that means that if you're ranking the top 10 kickers, yeah. the cliff is that you're ranking top 10 kickers. Because they're all the same. It's not like the old days where like, J- like when Jason Elam was around, I would move up a round or two because Elam kicked in Denver. He was accurate. He'd get those big distance bonuses. It's not like that anymore. There's, there's, yeah, there's very little separation between these guys. I mean, I'm looking at this, the the screen right now. Uh, Goskowski's average ADP right now is 121. Uh, number 10 is 184. So within, what is that, four rounds in a 12-team PPR, all of the top 10 kickers are going. So they're all going in, like, those the bottom two rounds. The only question is, do you draft kicker first or defense first? And because you're going to see the exact same thing in defense. So, but if you had to pick a kicker, any kicker, Regardless of who's available, who do you like? Do you, do you want do you go Goskowski because he's good and you're a Pats fan? Sure, why not? Craig, who do you like? I go with Lutz. See, that's what I was going to say too, Will Lutz. I, I like, like Will Lutz, Lutz a great the Rams deal. are good on paper. Plays for New Orleans. Exactly. Okay, so I'm glad we got that away. If you if you want to go no, Rams, that goes back to my indoor kicker. Greg Zerline is the kicker in LA. Greg the leg. Greg that's the right. leg. All right, so let's skip over to defense really, really quick. Are there any defensive teams that jump out to you this year? You're like, oh my God, they're really solid? Uh, probably the only player on Pittsburgh I would be willing to draft is their defense. Okay, you go ahead and do that because they're not in my top 10. I am very high That's on the Bengals' it. defense. All right, they're also not my top 10. You guys go right ahead and do both those field things. a lot. <laughs> Yes, that's not good because we have yardage penalties in our league. If you're on the field a lot and you're giving up a lot of yards, you lose points. Seriously, who do you want? You want maybe the Rams. The Rams are number two on my list. Maybe the Texans. I'm not high on them, but people seem to like them. Texans are number five on my list. The number one on my list is Jacksonville. Jacksonville causes a lot. The Bortles train. No. no. Come on. on. Luck is healthy. He's going to put numbers up against Jacksonville. Here's the thing. Jacksonville forces a lot of turnovers. That's the only reason they're that high. They did last season. And I think they will again. But again, again, does that mean I'm going in a 16-round draft? Am I going before round 14 to get them? Hell no. I'm getting them in round well, 14, get 15, or 16. Train. Get off the mix and train. No. Get on the Bortles train. You go ahead and tell, ride. Tell Jimmy Graham to move over. I want Bortles off that same cliff. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. You are outnumbered today in the booth in terms of your love for uh, Blake Bortles. You know what? We'll get Sean in here. Now that we've had Cinch in, and now that we can run a three-man booth, We'll get Sean in here so you guys can outnumber me about how wonderful Blake Bortles is. All right, that's fair. So we'll do it after his wedding because he's getting married and he's nuts. So, all right, let's move on to final thoughts. He's not nuts for getting married. He's (laughs) nuts and he's getting married. They are Uh, separate issues. Tomato, tomato. That's that's fair. He doesn't listen to this anyway, so who the hell cares? You know what, though? His wife actually might listen to this. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sean, and your freaking lady nail fingers. He that's knows a, what I'm talking about. That's a whole other story for another time. And Cinch is like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I would like to hear that story. <laughs> I don't know what train I'm on, Blake Bortles or Joe Mixon, but it just fell off the tracks. 
Final thoughts, and we'll start with our guest, Sinch. Just final random thought about fantasy football. Go for it. You're projecting next year, so don't buy in too much to what happened last year. Yes. Every, everything in Indy could change. It's deep. Everything in San Francisco couldn't change. They have a full regular quarterback for 16 games. Last year, they didn't even try for 10 games. So that that's my final thought. As the great master Michael Jackson once said, I lost the quote. I'm starting with the man in the mirror, and I'm asking him to make a change. Wait, was that his quote? I lost my quote. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Craig won't. He'll post it as normal, but he'll tell me, yeah, I edited that part out. That part where you just yeah, blanked sure. out because you're a beer and a half in. I'll edit yeah, that whatever. out. Craig, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, Save me for myself. Dev, there actually was someone that played football named Jumbo. I don't think Jumbo was his legal name. I think his name no, was David. Was, yeah, but that was his name on the roster, though. It was, it was an oxymoron. It he was, was a Jumbo shrimp. Elliott, and he yeah. did score a touchdown. Okay, Leon Lett scored a touchdown, so that's I mean, true. that's not that impressive. So, Okay, my final thought is, if you are not doing them already, it is time to get into the mock draft rooms. We talk about ADP all the time. You're going to see an article from me this week, maybe next, uh, about who's overrated and who's underrated by position according to their ADP, their average draft position. Get into mock drafts now and see what people are doing. Right now, eight of the top 10 people going in a PPR mock draft are running backs. Based on that information, if it's accurate, you can't wait on running back. You need to get into mock drafts. You need to see where people are going. You need to see the changes that are taking place. Get in there. A draft prep has begun. If you have not started your draft prep, you are behind now. It is time to get caught up. So with that being said, I want to thank Cinch for joining us. Thanks, Cinch. Thank you. Um, we will absolutely be having you back over the course of the year. We definitely enjoy having you here. Um, we're going to be inviting other guests as well. If we don't invite Keith at some point, he's going to murder me. So we're going to invite Keith. Listen to this. Um, I hope not because I just told him he's going to murder me. So, so it'll be Craig. It'll be you and me once Britt's gone. That's right. Uh, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Keith would be in here, but he'll be in jail for my murder, and we'll have to go from there. But until next week, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And I'm Sid. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.